Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. I felt it was really strong on my heart this time. Uh, if, if you're not going through any hard season, great. If you just yes. came out of a hard season, great. If you're going into a hard season, great, because um, the Word of God today is going to wash over all of us, because it's kind of like the story of our lives. As as long as we're alive, the Bible says there will be there will be trouble. So it would be wise of us, whether we're getting it through our fellowship or we're getting it through our reading in the Word, that we would be strengthened in His Word and. Um, so today I'm going to be talking a little bit about trials, and I've given you scriptures, a little bit of, uh, you know, little notes that maybe when you're uh, going through it, if you're not, if you're one of the rare ones that are not, that are maybe you'll be helping a friend, because you'll be able to say, well, look, this isn't because of this, or it's not because of that. I've been amazed. I was uh, telling uh, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Linda today, I said, I'm, I was, I've been amazed some people that are really, uh, you know, older in, in years and stuff, but that the trials that they've been going through, the hardships they've been going through, that they actually can come to a place in their own uh, natural selves that they even are questioning their salvation. And I know that that isn't the Lord's intention. The Lord's intention is that we are accepted in the Beloved, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that we can have that, that security of relationship there. But as you probably all have experienced, there are times that when you sometimes just, that's where, you, that's where you're at until you're uh, pulled out of it. So anyway, the first uh, scripture I want to go over is 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10. And this is the characteristics of trial. So this one here indicates that sometimes some of them, some trials are severe. So 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 8 through, I'm going to read through 11 because that's just how it's broken up in the Message Bible. Okay, we don't want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it was when all this came down on on us in Asia province. It was so bad, we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'd been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could have happened. Instead of trusting in our own strength or wits to get us out of it, we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea, since he's the God who raises the dead. And he did it. He rescued us from certain doom. And... He'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. You and your prayers are part of the rescue operation. Don't forget that part. I don't want you in the dark about that either. I can see your faces even now, lifted in praise for God's deliverance of us, a rescue in which your prayers played such a crucial part. Secondly, sometimes to the person going through the trial, the causes unknown. We have the benefit of being able to read Job and see all the, uh, the behind the scenes, you know, behind the curtains, what was going on. I've asked Randy to read Job 1, 7 through 22 in the message. 
From down here or up there? <laughs> right there is fine, yeah. One day when the angel came to report to God, Satan, who was a designated accuser, came among, along with them. God singled out Satan and said, What have you been up to? Satan answered God, Going here and there and checking things on earth. God said to Satan, Have you noticed my friend Job? There is no one quite like him, honest, true to his word, and totally devoted to God and hating evil. Satan retorted, So you think that Job does all that of the sheer goodness of his heart? Why, no one ever had it so good. You pamper him like a pet. Make sure nothing ever happens to him or his family or his possessions. Bless everything he does. He cannot lose. But what do you think would happen if you reached down and took everything away that is here? He'd curse you to your face. That's what God replied. We'll see. Go ahead. Do what you want with all that is his. Just don't hurt him. Then Satan left the presence of God. Sometime later, Job's children were having one of their parties at the home of the oldest son. A messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing in the field next to us when the sheepmen's attacked. They stole the animals and killed the field pants. I am the only one to get out of line and tell you what happened. While he was talking, another messenger arrived and said, Bolts of lightning struck the sheep and the shepherds and fried them, burnt them to a crisp. I'm the only one to get out of line and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Chaldeans came down from three directions, raided the camels, massacred the camel drivers. I am the only one alive to get out alive and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Your children were having a party at the home of the oldest brother when a tornado swept it in off the desert and struck the house. They collapsed on the young people and they died. I am the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. Joe got to his feet, ripped his clothes, shaved his head, fell to the ground and worshipped. Naked, I came from my mother's womb. Naked, I'll return to the womb of the earth. God gives, God takes. God's name be ever blessed. Not once through all this did Joe not once blame God. Thank you, Randy. Now remember, well, maybe you wouldn't remember if... if uh, you weren't there one time when I was talking about Job. Job was probably one of the first books written. Okay, so it wasn't like us, who we have all these books of the Bible to, to gather. But you guys can be really happy that it was Job because there would not have been a, a book of the Bible named Francis, being me, right before Psalms, if all that happened. But see, he knew Job. And so what was the strategy of the enemy that the enemy used for Job? There was two things that were mentioned for sure. What were, what were they that you see? Deceive and destroy. Yeah, deceive and destroy. But um, the strategy of his family mm -hmm. and his fortune. Mm -hmm. So family, finances, however you want to word it. Those, that was two of the strategies that was caused, and sometimes the cause is unknown. Now, um, I think Teresa uh, had said one time, you know, that sometimes you have the spirit of stupid. I'm not talking about when you do something stupid and then, then you know, that happens. But I'm saying that sometimes the causes are unknown while we're going through a trial. And in this case for Job, it was unknown for him. But in all of this, it says that he did not sin. <laughs> Hats off to Job. 
that would not have been me. I'm so glad it was not me. <laughs> okay, sometimes the characteristic of the trial is that it's physical. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. I'm reading again in the message. Because of the extravagance of those revelations, Paul speaking, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. When he in fact, what he in fact did was push me to my knees, kind of like that song, right? No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that, and then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and became appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, oppositions, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Sometimes the characteristic of the trial is something that's endurable. So we're at 1 Corinthians 10.13. This is a scripture I had to learn in the King James Version, because at the time that was the only holy version. Today I'm reading it again out of the message. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you through it. Amen? All right. And the last of the characteristics of trials is sometimes it's rewardable. Matthew 5, 10 through 12 in the message. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even, for they don't like it. I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and my witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. <laughs> I was thinking about a good friend that's a pastor in Rio Dale. And um, she was speaking at um, Ferndale Community Church, I believe, where the Porter's pastor. And so now there's this big persecution in there. It's like you can see it on YouTube and everything because they like, they're putting in uh, the, you know how you do the thing like a dead body where they put like a chalk line all around. So they've got her on there. They've got the chalk line all around and she's now a pagan uh, uh, prosperity uh, woman, which of course he thinks is anathema, um, pastor. And so he's, he's like, doing this, and he's doing this on Facebook, and he's doing it on YouTube, and, and I just sent this to my friend, I just said, hey, thinking about you this morning, click, um, 
because of course it doesn't move her. She's young, she's strong in the Lord, and it's not going to move her. But it's it's so odd that this person seems to attack anybody. I mean, it's not just women. It's it's so many groups. But he just attack, attack, attack. So, like, the prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. You're in good company, so there you go. So then when we look at trials, which I said is the hardships that try our faith, <clears throat> sometimes we can look up the design of the trials or they're designed to do something. And so let's look at Genesis 22. 1 through 18, again through the message, and this is uh, illustrating that sometimes trials are testing our faith or proving our faith. Starting with uh, verse 1. After all this, God tested Abraham. God said, Abraham, yes. Abraham answered, I'm listening. He said, take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll point out to you. Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He took two of his young servants and his son, Isaac. He had split wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place that God had directed him. On the third day, he looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham told his two young servants, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. He gave it to Isaac, his son, to carry. He carried the flint and the knife. The two of them went off together. Isaac said to Abraham, his father, Father? Yes, my son. We have flint and wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? Abraham said, Son, God will see to it that there is a sheep for the burnt offering. And they kept on walking together. They arrived at the place to which God had directed them. Abraham built an altar. He laid out the wood. Then he tied up Isaac and laid him on the wood. Abraham reached out and took the knife to kill the son. Just then the angel of God called to him out of heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, I'm listening. Don't lay a hand on that boy. Don't touch him. Now I know how fearlessly you fear God. You don't hesitate to place your son, your dear son, on the altar for me. Abraham looked up. He saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. Abraham took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named that place God Yireh, or God ceased to it. That's where we get the saying on the mountain of God, he sees to it. The angel of God spoke from heaven a second time to Abraham. I swear, God's sure word, because you have gone through with this and have not refused to give me your son, your dear, dear son, I'll bless you. Oh, how I'll bless you. And I'll make sure that your children flourish like stars in the sky, like sand on the beaches and your descendants will defeat their enemies. I like that one, really. Your descendants will defeat your enemies. All nations on earth will find themselves blessed through your descendants because you obeyed me. Wow. Wow. That was quite a test. Again, be glad my name was not Abraham. Next. Uh, the design of trials sometimes 
is to purify our faith. So there's two scriptures here, and I'll read them both out of the message. Malachi 3, 3 through 4. But who will be able to stand up to that coming? Who can survive his appearance? He'll be like hot fire from the smelter's furnace. He'll be like the strongest, strongest lye soap at the laundry. He'll take his place as a refiner of silver, as a cleanser of dirty clothes. He'll scrub the Levite priests clean, refine them like gold and silver until they're fit for God, fit to present offerings of righteousness. Then and only then will Judah and Jerusalem be fit and pleasing to God as they used to be in the years long ago. And 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out as proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. Yay. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and with singing. Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. Sometimes the design of trials is to increase our faith. And in this, we're looking at James 1, 2 through 12. I love James myself. I read it a lot. Maybe not so much lately, but I like, I like James. It's very practical. It helps me. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure... Your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to you when you're asking for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options down, keeping all your options open. When down and adders get a break, cheer. And when the arrogant rich are brought down to size, cheer. Prosperity is as short-lived as a wildflower, so don't even count on it. You know that as soon as the sun rises, rises, pouring down its scorching heat, the flower withers, its petals wilt, and before you know it, that beautiful face is a barren stem. Well, that's a picture of the prosperous life. At the very moment, everyone is looking on in admiration. It fades away nothing. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God, loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. I just want to bring to your remembrance, I've said it before, but when a bridge is being built, one way that they uh, check and make sure that the bridge is going to be able to hold the weight that it's supposed to hold is that they put weights on the bridge to, to uh, you know, kind of 
like it's like a a dry run of a bunch of cars, only it's a bunch of weights instead. Or at least they used to in the olden days. I don't know. This is an old illustration. Maybe they do things different now. Um, but they would put the weight on there to see if the bridge was actually proved. And, and that was the way that it was. It wasn't anything personal. It, you know, the bridge isn't going to get its feelings hurt or anything like that. It was just a fact. It could prove whether it either needs more strengthening, maybe it needs something uh, deeper, you know, in the foundation, or maybe there's some other matter that needs to be resolved. And our lives are very much like that. Um, so many times I have been of that uh, belief in the olden days that it was because I was so sinful and I was so bad and I did so many things wrong that this is why these hard times were coming, but that is absolutely a lie. Hard times come to everybody. Now, sometimes I might have had stupid on me and done stupid things, and, and of course, that was proved out as well. <laughs> but we will have hard times. The, the only difference between that and others is that we have the Lord, and we have his Holy Spirit, and he gives us this dynamite, divine power to be able to withstand things that we could not normally stand on our own. Amen? Sometimes the design of trials is to bring us to a better place. Psalm 66, 10 through 12, <clears throat> the psalmist David is saying, Bless our God, O peoples. Give him a thunderous welcome. Didn't he set us on the road to life? Didn't he keep us out of the ditch? He trained us first, passed us like silver through refining fires, brought us into hard scrabble country, pushed us to the very limit, road tested us inside and out, took us to hell and back. Finally, he brought us to this well-watered place. I want to read that in the New Living uh, Translation. It says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. Some of us have suffered or have come out of suffering. Last but not least, and I'm so glad that it's last because I think it's the best. Because we all, we all say at different times in our life, I'm sure I say it more often now than ever, Maybe since I'm past the 60s mark. I don't know. But I want to glorify God. I want to glorify God. It's very important to me that God will be uplifted. Because I've made a mess of things many, many times. And looked up myself many, many times. But I want to glorify God. So let's see what First Peter has to say. Uh, chapter 4, 12 through 16. Again, the message uh, translation. <clears throat> Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the spirit of God, God and his glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. 
If they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. But if it's because you're a Christian, don't give it a second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.